So likewise, listen, how often does God want to give us the latest update from the kingdom of heaven, right? But, but we're so bogged down, we're so full of the things of our past, good and bad, that we have no room for it. Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church Podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor Podcast features Sunday sermons. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. So, uh, listen, in, in, light of, in light of New Year's being just a few days away, I, I just maybe want to take a second, just a few minutes here, and just share some really simple thoughts that have been on my, on my mind the past few days. And, and really the goal today, if you can just look here, the goal is simply this, that uh, today hopefully this will help you enter into the new season, the new year, with a greater sense of intentionality. Because uh, God, if you haven't learned that yet, God's a very intentional God. He's very intentional with us. And if we want to uh, move with God, we got to be intentional as well. Amen. Amen. So uh, with that thought in mind, let's pray and we will jump right in. So Father, we thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for every person that's here. Uh, God, as we've prayed many times, Lord, thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for every single person's life in this room. And so Lord, we're just asking today, God, as we just open up your word, that there would be just an atmosphere of heaven in this place today. In fact, Lord, I'm just asking God that there would be just an atmosphere of clarity, God, in the room today. God, that people could hear your voice. And uh, Lord, almost even if it was as a pin drop, Lord, that they would hear it today. Lord, I believe that there's people that are sitting here that uh, have some things that they need to hear your voice in. And Lord, we just pray that today would be the day. And uh, God, we don't have to wait to some special moment in the service. Uh, But Lord, today, literally, as we go through this, thank you for being very direct, uh, very uh, clear, and uh, very precise, God, in your words to people today. And so Lord, just as your children, we just choose today to open up our ears, to open up our hearts, to do what your word says. That says, he who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And Lord, we just thank you today that you're a God that's alive and that you're speaking. And Lord, that you're very interested in our lives uh, in a very intricate way. And we just thank you for talking and helping us move with you in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, do what you do best. Amen. 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 Listen, um, I don't know about you, but uh, this time of the year, I personally find it really interesting, uh, you know, just to sit back and watch all the, the shifts that take place throughout the holiday season. And uh, if I can maybe explain what that means a little bit, if you can just think about it like this. We all know that the holiday season uh, really begins the week of Thanksgiving, right? And, uh, you know, during the week of Thanksgiving, as the name would suggest, it, it's so neat to watch people kind of shift. And, uh, and you see at that, as that shift happens, there's this surge of, of gratefulness, this surge of appreciation that comes in people's hearts. And obviously they're in those moments, they're grateful for, yes, the things that they have, but most importantly, uh, we become grateful for the people in our lives. Yes. And so, you know, once Thanksgiving is over, you know, the very next day, which we all know is uh, Black Friday, right? Everything goes on sale. It's like everyone seems to shift gears again for several weeks as they prepare to celebrate Christmas. And uh, which, of course, we all know that Christmas tends to produce a uh, generosity. And maybe if I can say it this way, uh, that it produces a friendliness, even a cheer uh, in our hearts, even to people that we are complete strangers with. Right. Uh, You know, I've been living in Maine, you know, now for for four years, and I was just kind of laughing to myself as I went to Walmart the other day, uh, just seeing all these people that were all telling each other Merry Christmas. Everybody was chit-chatting, whereas typically everybody's just kind of about their business. And the reason
reason is, is because there's that shift that's happening in their heart. You know, then it seems like, you know, once the gifts are given, once they're, you know, received, uh, you know, it's like a switch is flipped again and another shift begins to take place as we begin to look forward into the new year. Is that right? Listen, it, we all know that that's, uh, you know, the window that we currently find ourselves in today. We're kind of in that spot. And, uh, you know, to me at least, it appears like uh, when we hit this window that, that, it, that it causes two things or produces two things in every person's heart. And the first one is simply this, that it has the potential to cause us to look inward for the purpose of self-evaluation. If you know that's true, say, oh, yeah. Listen, in fact, it's, it's common over this short period of time that uh, people kind of see this as, you know, a window of opportunity, if you will, to think about how they can improve or maybe even reinvent their lives, if that's such a thing, right? And, uh, you know, that somehow that this evaluation process, we all know it often inspires people to come resolute, uh, you know, in making new commitments, not only to themselves, but also to others around them. The, the second thing that it has the potential to cause is this, is, is it causes a, a sense of excitement to rise in our hearts. And here's what I mean by that, is over this same short period of time, it, you know, it's also common for many of us to begin to take the opportunity to begin to dream bigger. And not only begin to dream bigger, but always when we dream, we know that we also set new goals as we somehow try to gain a new sense of direction and purpose for the next uh, year ahead. Am I the only one that does this? All right, all five of us. That's good. L- listen, this this sense of excitement, I think, for many people causes hope. That simply this, that hope causes them to believe like that this, that their marriage, that their jobs, that their relationships, that their businesses, that their lives in general. Slap any detail there you want, but that but any of those things, man, that just could be could be only. Uh, let me say it this way: it can not only be different, but they could be better. Yes. Now, listen, obviously, we all know that those two general areas right there, that they are completely different from person to person uh, when it comes to the details. But I think it's safe to say that the average person will more than likely examine their lives more thoroughly and more honestly over the single week between Christmas and the new year more than any other week of the year. Now, the question I kind of have for you today is even though, you know, most of us in this room would probably say that that's the case, uh, but, but have we ever stopped to ask ourselves, why is that the case? Like, why do people do that right now? Now, obviously on surface level, I think most of us just automatically say, uh, well, it's the new year, and so automatically that uh, causes us to think about what could be made new or what could be made different in our lives. But, but I want to suggest to you today that I believe it goes much deeper than that. And, uh, you know, and it's the simple thing that I think that, yes, we get to the new year and the reason we all crave and desire something new, right, is simply this. It's because at the core of our being, uh, we are created in the image of the one who likes to do new things. Am I making sense to you today? So listen, for example, throughout the Bible, and this is a lot, but I just want you to grab a hold of this idea. Throughout the Bible, we find God talking about new wine. We see him talking about new harvest, a new altar, a new court, a new gate. We see him talking, even Jesus talking about a new treasure. Even God commanded that his house would be built, what? With new timber. God repeatedly tells us to sing a new song. When the ark of, uh, you know, the ark of Israel returned to Israel, God commanded it to be put on a new cart. God told Elisha to use a new bowl to heal the water in a city that was causing death and barrenness. 
Jesus himself was buried in a new tomb. God said his mercies are made new every morning. Jesus said that we would speak with new tongues. Jesus said we are born anew or born again. He said that he would give us a new heart and a new spirit. He said this, that we are new creations in Christ, that we are called to be newborn babes, that we are called to walk in the newness of life, that we are told to put on the new man in Christ Jesus. And the good part is God has also made a new covenant with us that consists of a what, or that has a new priesthood. He even said this, that one day he'll give every single one of us a new name, right? He also said this, and finishing up here, that he will make a new heaven and a new earth that will contain a new Jerusalem. The point is, is God clearly likes to do new things, right? In fact, uh, the only thing that was never meant to change is, is simply this. It's him because he's the unchangeable one. Everything else in the universe is subject to be changed by the Lord. Amen. Amen. So listen, with, with all that said, here, here's the simple point I want to make up top. While I know a lot of people, uh, you know, all across America, and I don't know if they do it in other countries, but all across America, they will make a big deal, if you will, out of the resolutions they're going to make, uh, you know, whatever, into the new year. And, uh, you know, at the same time, it's like you got them over there. Then you got this other group of people who simply laugh at those people. Right. In other words, they chalk it off and they see all that's like uh, some foolish fantasy. It's wishful thinking because we all know it's going to last maybe two weeks. And and, you know, uh, you know, the gym membership's going to shut down and you're going to go back eating chocolate or whatever. Right. And, and so but I simply want to suggest to you this morning, if we can maybe uh, get the proper perspective here, is this that 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 just maybe God is involved in all of this internal processing, all this stuff that we're thinking about, that we're sensing, that we're desiring more than we might actually realize. And the key part, once again, is more than we realize. In other words, so often we think that's us when it's really him. In fact, I remember one time uh, I was sitting in a, in a service and I was about to preach and I was in the back and I was praying and I heard something and I, and I said, Lord, is that you? And I remember him saying, clears the bell. Well, it wasn't you. Right. And I think so often that's us. There's times where we think some thoughts, some uh, feelings, some impressions originated with us when in all actuality they originated from God's heart and what he wants for our lives. Amen. Amen. So once again, the point is, is just maybe when all is said and done out of all these things that we're thinking about in this window of time, that that maybe God is the one behind it all, inspiring those dreams, inspiring those goals, inspiring those areas of change. And of course, our response needs to be one of, yes, Lord, we'll go with you. Right. So now to be clear here, I am not saying that God kind of sits back and waits until the week after Christmas to initiate change in our lives. Okay, that's not what I'm saying. Uh, but, but I think we can all agree it's the simple fact that, that all of us in this room, we typically, we get too busy. And when we're not too busy, we find stuff to fill the space. Right. And so and so it's almost like in this time when we always have a little extra coaching from some direction that that we finally go, okay, let me slow down and let me get quiet enough. And maybe let me begin to ask some of the right questions. Maybe let me position myself in a way that I can begin to hear what God has been wanting to say and wanting to accomplish in my life for some period of time. Meaning this, that there's yes, that we can hear things now that maybe God was trying to speak to us four months ago, but we're just now positioning ourselves to hear it. Amen. So, so listen, I want to sh uh, slightly shift gears here. And uh, as we do so, I want to say one thing. 
as I was praying about this morning, uh, you know, simply, God, what's the direction you'd have? What do you want to say? I, I simply feel like you dropped one word in my heart, and that one word, it's been up on the screen, is simply this, upgrade. That, that, in other words, that the Lord is maybe inviting us to come and to receive an upgrade from him today or an upgrade over the next few weeks, or an upgrade over the next year. However you want to word it, I just feel like God wants to give an upgrade in our lives. Are you with me today? Now, now obviously, the day and age we live in, uh, with the likes of cell phones, computers, whatever, rental cars, airline seats, uh, you know, so on, you go down the list, we're all accustomed, uh, you, you know, to what an upgrade is. We understand it. But, but here's what uh, upgrade means, and we all know this. It simply means a new version an improved model or an increase. Once again, a new version, an improved model or an increase. So am I saying today that God has a new version of you? Absolutely. Does he have a, an improved model of you? Absolutely. Does he want to bring increase in your life? Absolutely. And here's why I say that, because the Bible makes it really clear that God takes us from faith to faith, to glory to glory. So in other words, as we go in that progression, and even in the scripture that it says in Corinthians, glory to glory, it's talking about being transformed into the image of Christ in a greater measure. So when we talk about a new version of us, it's a new version that looks more like Jesus. Amen. So, so listen, here's a, a couple of common areas that we can find upgrades in and just kind of get us thinking. And I'm believing today in Jesus name, God's going to talk to you once again while, while I'm sharing this. And you'll begin to understand where he wants to upgrade in your life or what he wants to upgrade in your life. So, so listen, God will come and he'll say, man, listen, it's time to upgrade your faith. In other words, the faith that got you in the last season is no longer uh, strong enough, big enough for what I have for you in this season. Right. In other words, he'll come and he'll say, it's time to upgrade your prayer life. Life. That's good that we got this far. Now let's step it up a notch. Says, Listen, I've been walking with Jesus for 20 years. And my prayer life is much different than when I was five years old in the Lord, 10 years old in the Lord, right? 15 years old in the Lord. Because why? Because my perception of who God is has changed dramatically. And my perception of who I am in Christ has changed as well, right? So there was an upgrade. He comes for us that are in leadership in the room. He comes and he says, can I bring uh, some kind of upgrade in your leadership abilities to make you more effective, to have more of an impact for not only for uh, your own influence, but for the influence of heaven. Yeah. And then even this, that he comes and says, man, can I give you an upgrade in your identity? In other words, it's good that you've thought about yourself that way this long, but now I want you to take another step forward and upgrade in the way I think about you, right? In other words, in this area, that he comes and he says, hey, let me give an upgrade in your attitude. Have you ever needed one of those? Amen. I have. So he says, look, let me give you an upgrade in your marriage. If you got kids, he says, let me upgrade your parental skills. And how many of you guys know that, that you need an upgrade because you're, the way you parent a, a preschool kid is much different than the way you parent a high school kid or, or a kid that's now, uh, you know, early 20s and they're married. Uh, you know, guess what? I have to shift with them. I need an upgrade to be able to parent them correctly in that because just, just because they leave your house doesn't mean you quit parenting. Amen. So listen, even this, what if God says, hey, let me come and, and give you an upgrade in your thought life. And this last one's important. And, and I'm kind of talking to myself here, but he says this, man, let me give you an upgrade in your health. Right. You, you know, it's so funny. It's like one, one of the 
One of the biggest uh, you know, resolutions that people have has to do with their own physical health. And a lot of times I think we brush it off, say it's vanity, say it's whatever, we want to look better, we want to fit in that, that dress or that shirt that we got last year, whatever it is. But I'm here to tell you that I think sometimes that's God talking to us. And the reason it's God talking to us because this, it's because he has a plan for our lives. And guess what? If we're not healthy, we have the potential to cut that plan short than to walk the distance and fulfill the plan he has for our lives. So our health is a big deal to Jesus. Amen. So listen, as you can see by all that stuff, all I'm saying is this, is every part of our being physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, that none of that stuff is, uh, you, you know, off the table. That in other words, that it's all subject for an upgrade from the Lord. He's interested in your whole being, spirit, soul, and body. Yes. Amen. So, um, all right. So let's shift gears here. I believe there's, you know, we'd be absolutely ignorant and foolish to think, man, I don't want an upgrade. Right? Five of us think that'd be foolish. Okay. Hopefully by the end of the day, you'll all know it's foolish, right? Anyway, so here's the deal. I want to give you six things that have the potential to hinder our upgrades. And, and this, when I say hinder, I don't mean this in a negative way because, man, it's, it's positive if you grab a hold of it and go, Jesus, I want to do what you want me to do. Amen? The first area that could hinder our upgrade from the Lord is this. It's our past. Our past. Now, don't chalk that off. God, I've heard that before. Hear it with new ears. Okay? I, I want to say this. Almost every time, you know, a, a new update pops up on my iPhone and I go to hit, you know, download the new upgrade, almost every single time it says, basically, your storage is full. It can't download. <laughs> And so, and the reason is, is because guess what? It can't, it can't upgrade my phone due to, watch this, old pictures, old music, old emails, old voicemails, old text messages, right? Which means, once again, I can't download the latest update until I delete all of that old stuff off my phone so I can actually receive what I need from Apple. Am I making sense? So likewise, listen, how often does God want to give us the latest update from the kingdom of heaven, right? But, but we're so bogged down, we're so full of the things of our past, good and bad, that we have no room for it. So listen, on the bad side, negative side, however you want to word it, one of the most common things that I see that, that hinders people from stepping into the new next level, new season, upgrade with the Lord, whatever it is, it, it tends to be bitterness, unforgiveness, anger, things that are in that circle. Yeah. So but at the same time, I've seen things that we would all kind of champion that we all go, man, those are really good things. In other words, it's our successes in business. It's our successes relationally, our successes basically, uh, you know, in the kingdom, whatever, however you want to word it, that sometimes we build such an altar around those things in our life. So full of what we used to do that we can't move forward in what God wants to do now. Amen. So. If you're there, there, it doesn't really matter. Hear this, uh, whatever, hear this uh, scripture from the prophet Isaiah. Let me encourage you today. Isaiah 43 says this. It says, forget about what happened. Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert, be present. Why? Because God is saying, hear this from the Lord, I'm about to do something brand new. Amen. If we can have faith for that today, please understand that's not about emotions. It's not about hype. It's not about an internal excitement. It is simply do we have faith to believe what God says. Amen. Listen to this quote. It says, What's the, it says what the New Year's 
brings to you will depend a great deal on what you bring out at into the new year. What the new year's brings to you will depend a great deal on what you bring into the new year. So what do we want to take with us? Is it needed to take with us? Right? So, so maybe if we're saying, I want to enter into the new year in this way, whatever, in this area of an upgrade, uh, let's have the courage to delete everything in our lives that could keep us from downloading that update, right? Because it's truly as, as C.S. Lewis says, he says, it says, there are far better things ahead than any we leave behind, right? Listen, God is a God that builds on foundations, Right. And foundation three ago, whatever is will never be greater than foundation five ahead of that. Right. And we got to understand that if we're going to go where God wants us to go, we got to leave X, Y, Z behind. Amen. Second area that could hinder our upgrade from the Lord. Number two, it's this. It's our failures. Man, there's not a single person in this room today that doesn't have a list of those. Right. And uh, listen, as I told you guys before. I can literally go back. I've been walking with the Lord right about 22, 23 years, 23 years now. I can literally go back to when I was first born again, you know, as a late teenager. And I could and I could write down literally from year to year the way that I've grown in the Lord of things that shifted, things that changed, upgrades, if you will, that have happened. And, and you know, how many of you guys know that when you can do it, that's pretty positive. That's encouraging, right? To be able to look even, even, you know, as where I'm at now, 41 years old, to look back a year ago and see what's different in me now than what was a year ago. That's cool that you're still growing. Yes. Uh, but at the same time, just as much as I could write down the cool things, I could also write down the list of failures of every one of those years. And, and the truth is, is, uh, you know, not only can I write them down, but uh, let me maybe say it this way. The, the ones that I can write down are the ones that I know that stuck to me somewhere, right? Because on one hand, there's been failures that I've had that I've just went, you know, whatever, let me not take myself too seriously. Uh, you, you know, whatever, let me, let me maybe own it. Let me learn from it. Let me move, let me move on, right? And, and it ends up being a, 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 you know, a beneficial thing. And then there's been those that have stuck to me. And those that have stuck to me, man, those things have called fear, caused fear to take root in my life. Am I the only one that's ever happened to? Listen, at least for me, when those things have stuck to my life, they have caused me to be too hesitant. And they've caused me... Really, this is it's really killed my confidence to be who God's called me to be. Yeah. Right. That there's literally been times where I, where I have been in a spot and the Lord was willing to open up new opportunities instead of responding by faith and in confidence in the identity of who I know I am in Jesus. I would look back at a failure and I would hold on to an insecurity and a fear and I wouldn't move forward with the Lord. Yeah. Right. We've all done it in some way. Right. And uh, so anyways. I just have a thought for you today, and this is maybe kind of strange, but uh, instead of us allowing our failures to define us, uh, what if we took a lesson from the Finnish people? This is interesting. I learned this a week ago. That, 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 did you know that Finland actually celebrates a national day of failure every October the 13th? That they celebrate a national day of whatever, uh, day of losers. I don't know, whatever, right? So maybe I shouldn't say that, but... Listen, it's funny because on that day, what happens is, is, is they actually encourage people to share their own stories of their own failures and to post pictures of their failures as well. 
Why do they do that? They do that so they can encourage others to have enough confidence to step out beyond their fears to try new and difficult things. At, at the root of it, here's what happened, is because people have failed so much and in the country, failure so looked down upon, nobody was willing to step out and they had all this opportunity as far as economically that they needed more businesses in their country. And so what they did is they created that to hopefully inspire people to step out, to create new business, to actually bring, once again, generate funds for the nation. Very interesting response, Right. So anyways, so I just think it's cool. The wisdom behind all that is this. In celebrating their failures is that they did this. They turned their failures into a win. What if we did that, right? Rather than let it stick to us, let's learn from it, celebrate and go, hey, we won't ever do that one again, right? So in other words, rather than letting it hinder us, man, why not let it or choose to let it uh, to strengthen our resolve and just going forward? Amen. Let me give you this quote. Oh, Ellen Goodman said this, says, We spend January the 1st walking through our lives, room by room, drawing up a list of work to be done, cracks to be patched. Maybe this year, to balance the list, we ought to walk through the rooms of our lives, not looking for flaws, but for potential. Listen, if you're anything like me, that's encouraging because I'm the guy that walks through and sees all the cracks. Right. I do that if I walk through this building. I do that when I walk through my house. I do that everywhere I go because I'm kind of wired that way of taking things that are out of order, putting them in order. When things are just off, I just notice those things naturally. And, and you know, the sad part is, is if I, not only do I do that all over there, I do it with me. And it's so easy for me to get frustrated with myself that then I almost paralyze myself and I don't function well. Make sense? So, so it's to find the good. Number three. The third area that could hinder our upgrade from the Lord is this. It's our comfort zones. Our comfort zones. We witnessed a perfect example of this in our house the day after Christmas. Uh, you know, as a gift, Jennifer bought three of our kids a, uh, you know, 64 gigabyte uh, SIM card, whatever. And, uh, you know, basically for their tablets. But the funny part was, is once again, the day after Christmas, in spite of mom's desire to bring an upgrade to their systems that would have benefited them. Uh, we, we literally had two kids that didn't want, them, uh, didn't want her to replace their 16 gigabytes with the 64 gigabytes, and, and here's why. In other words, they didn't want the new one. And the reason why is because they were afraid they were going to lose some of the old things that they were so comfortable with. And, and, and actually, the wording is they were afraid they were going to lose their progress. So let me maybe encourage you here. Obviously, uh, our, our lives are not a tablet and we don't have a 64, right? But, but the idea is this, is we never really lose our progress with the Lord right. unless we choose to, yeah. right? The, the, Lord, the Lord's never going to move us out of our comfort zone and we're going to lose something in the middle of it. It's always to gain something, amen? So I just think it's kind of funny thinking about our comfort zone that, that it's amazing how we can get so comfortable that we can become spiritually resistant to the Lord, we can literally get spiritually stuck. In other words, we hinder ourselves from receiving an upgrade because, because that. We, we're, we're stubborn in our, in our comfortability, right? I want to read something to you that's maybe looked at in a little different light. We all, most of us know about the rich young ruler, but this is out of Matthew 19. Uh, just in the light of what we're talking about, grab a hold of this. It says, Another day a man stopped Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? 
Jesus said, why do you question me about what's good? God is the one who is good. If you want to enter the life of God, if you want an upgrade, just do what he tells you. The man asked, what in particular? Jesus said, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't lie. Honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as you do yourself. Says the young man said, I've done all of that. What's left? Watch what Jesus says. He says, if you want to give it all you've got. Right? If you want, guys, if we want to give it all we got, if we want to receive all the upgrades in essence that the Lord has for us, Jesus replied, go and sell your possessions, give everything to the poor, all your wealth will then be in heaven, then come and follow me. That was the last thing the young man expected to hear, and so crestfallen, he walked away. He was holding on tight to a lot of things, and he couldn't bear to let it go. Why? Because he couldn't bear to leave his comfort zone. Everybody hear me, please. There's not a single person in this room right now that doesn't have an area that's a comfort zone to them. Okay? Now, now, right now may not be the time to leave it, but at some point, God will call you out from it. Amen? And, uh, you, you know, this quote, I think it's pretty good. It says, every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. Every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. Here's maybe what I want to say is this, is that sooner or later, every step of faith will become a comfort zone. Every time, listen, there's not a person here that at some point, if you, really, if you really want to go all in with God, that God hasn't required you to have a step of faith, that you're going, holy smokes, I don't know what's going to be there when I step. But, but man, I know God's saying to do that. And, of course, we step out, and then God's so faithful, he meets us there. And then we begin to, in essence, uh, you know, learn to function. The anointing comes greater. The wisdom comes. The discernment comes. All those things. And we begin to go, okay, that's good. All right, we're there. And then what happens is, is it becomes comfortable after a while. Right? And then God says, okay, time to move again. Right? And, and, you know, truly our trust and faith in the Lord will determine how far we go in that process. So I'll just say this, put a bow on that point. Simply upgrades were never meant to last forever. Right? You know, for me, right? So, like, I got my, my iPhone, Right? You buy it, it's the new latest, greatest woo, right? Wow, it's awesome. And then a month later, they say, hey, we got an upgrade for you because we realize there's some bugs in there, right? Some things aren't right. And so they send you an upgrade, you download that. But how many of you guys know just because you download that one doesn't mean another one's not coming? It's the same with the Lord, right? So no one ever, in essence, no one ever arrives. The fourth area that can hinder our upgrade from the Lord is this. And, and once again, open your heart up. Hear this however the Lord wants you to hear it. But I think I need to say it. Number four is this. Uh, what hinders us from our upgrade is our old wineskin. It's our old wineskin. Jesus made it really clear that you don't put new wine in old wineskins because it will what? It'll expand, it'll explode, right? And, and so a lot of times God's wanting to bring, in essence, the new wine of the Holy Spirit into our lives. He's wanting to bring an upgrade in our lives, but because we're operating from this old mindset, this, this uh, you know, old belief system, this old, uh, you know, old ways, even, even our culture that we've always known, that God is saying, I want to do a new thing, but he can't pour it in because it would destroy us. Right? Unless we're willing to have a new wineskin and say, God, I'm willing to go your way, right? And, and so I just believe this at, at this point is, is when it comes to an old wineskin, 
there comes a time in all of our lives we need to begin to reevaluate, uh, you know, not only our knowledge of him, but also our relationship with him. Am I making sense? So, you know, the truth is, is where I'm at today, that's where my knowledge of God has gotten me. Okay, and if I'm going to want to go to another level with God, then I'm going to have to have a revelation and an increase of knowledge of who God is so I can get to that point. And that never stops. Amen. And so, you know, once again, a God-given upgrade, I'll say it this way, a God-given upgrade will require this. First of all, a new language. In other words, there's been times in my life God has literally said, Quentin, you can't talk about yourself like that anymore. Quentin, you can't say that about that place anymore. Because why? Because he's trying to bring an upgrade in who I am or wherever I was ministering to say, look, you need to, you need to begin to speak different because that's not the way I speak and say things over you or over that place. Am I making sense? And, and of course, that really originates with this, that he says, look, uh, you need to have an upgrade in, in this, and you got to have new thoughts. In other words, you got to think different than what you've been thinking if you're going to go there. And like I said before, you got to have a new identity, once again, to see the way God sees you. I'll kind of speed it up here. That, that those moments require us to have new faith. It requires us to have new trust, new confidence. Watch this. When God shifts you, it even is this, new burdens. So how many of you guys know when I moved from, when I moved from Louisiana to North Carolina, new burdens came. I couldn't carry the old burdens. When I moved from North Carolina to Maine, different culture, right? There was a shift in the burdens that I carried. In other words, the things that were heavy on us there uh, no longer were heavy. It's like, oh, they, they left and then we move here and there's a different warfare that's happening that requires different burdens. Am I making sense to you? So, so when a new burden comes, what also is required for that? Because God doesn't ever just give us a burden without giving us new insights. Right? Then he gives you basically new goals, new dreams, and every new dream needs a new strategy. And if I'm really going to, uh, if I'm really going to be successful in that, then I also got to have new encounters with the Lord. Are y'all hearing me today? And so watch this. Those new encounters ultimately bring new levels of purity, new levels of holiness, and all of that accumulates really into this new knowledge of who God is and how he operates. Yes. Let me give you this quote by T.S. Eliot. It says, for last year's words belong to last year's language. Get that. They're no longer, they don't look good on you anymore. Okay. It, it, it's, uh, it's last year's fashion, right? For last year's words belong to last year's language and next year's words await another voice. What's the another voice? I'll, I'll just add it's this, is that we step into that and we go, God, what are you saying now, let me say what you're saying. That's another voice we're waiting on because every area has a different voice of the enemy, if you will, that will try to get you. OK, and so you need to hear from heaven and begin to say what heaven is saying. Number five, the fifth area that could hinder our upgrade from the Lord is, is our relationships. Do not blow this one off, please, is our relationships. I just believe if we are not open and paying attention uh, to the Lord in our relationships, we can miss out on upgrades that He desires to bring in our lives. So let, let me give you a quick story. And um, let me say this first. If we, if, we're, if we stop and we're honest with ourselves, our current relationships have got us where we are. <laughs> right? It, especially, especially if you're a person that, that, that has learned how to glean from others. 
Okay. In other words, I, like for me, I, I'm a pretty inquisitive individual. Uh, always have been. Probably was torture for my, my mom, whatever. But but I'm an inquisitive person, so I'm always asking people because I want to learn stuff. But but after a while, you you almost deplete what you got, and then God will bring a relational shift in your life to help connect you with certain other people to go to the next place. Am I making sense? And, and so in, in this sense that. Uh, I kind of want to look at it in two ways. So on one side, when I want to talk about a, a, a relational shift today, I want to say this, that it may not be an actual new person, but it may be a new level in the depth of your relationship that God is requiring of you in this season. In other words, that if you were at a level two, he might want you to go to a level eight and get real and get more honest and more accountable, if you will, more vulnerable with one another so you can actually glean from one another. Okay, but but I also believe that there might be the possibility that God wants to bring a total new relationship in your life. And I'll explain to you why, uh, just from personal experience. Uh, years ago, Jennifer and I, we were at this conference. It was a New Year's conference, actually. And, and we were sitting, uh, you know, in some church services. Here's some pretty awesome people preach. And, and anyway, so, they, you know, they always have like the main liners at night. And then they have these other guys that kind of fill in the gap in the middle of the day. It's just the way conferences work. And, and so I'm sitting there in one of those Three o'clock in the afternoon ones where everybody's taking a nap except you, right? And, and I'm sitting there and I'm whatever listening to this guy and I'm going, I am hating this. Like, what is this guy saying? I don't even know who he is. I, I'm just, whatever. I wasn't enjoying it. And then out of nowhere, he begins to speak prophetically, and he begins to talk about a relational shift uh, that's about to occur in some people's lives. And here's the way he framed it up. He said that basically he talked about the disciples of John the Baptist, about how they, they were water baptized, they were following John. And then there came a point, and it goes all the way to, I believe it was the church of Ephesus, where Paul runs into them, and he says, Says this, have you received the baptism since you first believed? And they said, we didn't even know there was such. We only knew the baptism of John the Baptist, the, the baptism of repentance for sins. And then they said, well, let me tell you about Jesus. And then they told him about Jesus. They got born again. They prayed for him. They got baptized in the Holy Spirit. They're baptized in water. And what happened was, as they went from John to Jesus, there was this relational shift that happened in their lives that launched them into the greater measure of their destiny. So I'm sitting there and I'm hearing this guy talk about this. And while he's talking about this, God drops two couples in our hearts, in my heart, two couples and said, I'm about to basically have a relationship. You're going to get a relationship with these people. And, uh, and one of them, I was like, uh, not interested. And I, like, I barely knew them, but I wasn't interested. And I don't mean that in a, in a mean way. You just, it is what it is, right? And so, and then the other couple, I already knew, but Jen didn't. And so, and that was those guys. And so, because they had been up here playing the church. And so what happened was, is, is uh, we got in the car and, and, and I was driving back to the hotel and I said, hey, Jen, when that guy was talking about this, uh, I felt like he dropped two couples in my, in my heart. She said, who are they? I said, I don't want to say, I want you to hear from the Lord too. And she stopped and she said, here it is. Boom, boom, named the two couples. Now we go to a church of several thousand people at that time, right, that we worked at. And so out of all those people, she nailed the two couples because it was the Holy Ghost talking. Right. And so, you know, we come back. We did nothing different. We didn't pursue anybody. We just I show up one day to teach a college class in our school of ministry. And there's uh, the, the, the wife of the first couple. And then she goes after two weeks. Hey, can you come over to our house? We went over to her house. 
And there went basically uh, an incredible relationship for several years where our families were so integrated. It was great for our kids and it was great for us. I learned a lot about how to love my wife through that process and it changed our lives. It launched us into something different as a family than what we had before. Now, obviously, I can say a lot about this, but I'll just say it very quickly. Clearly, we would not be where we're at today if it wasn't for that relationship. We would not be the pastors of this church more than likely if we didn't connect with these guys in a deeper way. Am I making sense? So the key that I want you to see here is this, is that God always, 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 always operates through relationships. Never fails. Been walking with him 20 whatever years now. And it's been every move has been because of a relationship that God has brought into my life. And so for us, it's not just, watch this, because we can get, everybody listen, we can get so, eh, towards people around us. And when we get eh, to people around us and we don't begin to see the value and the gold in people and the worth in people and the anointing that's on their life, then we take them for granted and we don't see how they can help ultimately us get to where God wants us to be. And watch this. Most of the time, we're not going to agree with them on everything. I'm being honest because there were certain parts of that first couple that drove me crazy. Number six, the sixth area that could hinder our upgrade from the Lord is this. It's our incomplete assignments. Plain and simple, there's no need for an upgrade if we have not completed the last thing God told us to do. How in the world can we go to the next season if we haven't successfully passed this one? Listen, the school of Christ is not, is not, is not the educational system we have in America. Okay, now what I mean by that is this, is, well, little Johnny, you did okay. We're going to let you go on. Leave no man behind, right? We're, 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 we're going to help you go, right? And so we're, we're sending kids that can't even read and write into high school. True, right? So, so listen, with God, though, guess what? You'll circle that mountain until you learn the lesson. Right. And so, listen, at the end of the day, man, unless we go, OK, Lord, I'm listening, I'm obeying, I'm going to honor you and do what you told me to do. And I'm going to complete the assignment to the best of my ability. I'm going to learn X, Y, Z lesson. I'm going to change. I'm going to grow. However you want to word it. God's saying you're not going to move on. Good preaching. That's true. Yes, it's true. So just a simple question here and, and we'll wrap this up. But 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 do we have any unfinished assignments with the Lord? Like for me, listen, I, I think I have a I think we have a good vision and a good idea of where the Lord wants to take this place. But we know there's some incomplete assignments that we have to uh, we have to get an order before we can go there. And it really has to do with this. Don't miss this word. It really has to do with can the Lord trust us? Because if we don't get those things in order, then we really can't, uh, the Lord really can't trust us with who he wants to send us. Am I making sense to you? Let me in with this before we pray. How many of you guys have ever heard the restaurant called Chick-fil-A? Some people here hadn't, so I needed to ask. Okay, all right. So, so the owner of Chick-fil-A, he's passed away now, but a very strong believer, okay? His name was Truett Cathy. And, and years ago when Chick-fil-A, 
when they were basically, I don't want to say a young startup because they had some traction, but they weren't who they are today. Uh, they were basically in the, I'll say this, at that time their competition was Boston Market, okay? And, and Boston Market in essence was, was winning the war in that area as far as selling food, okay? And, and one day they were sitting in a, in a board meeting and all these people around the tables, this massive table, people are all talking about what they got to do to get bigger, to get better, so they can beat Boston Market, okay? And, and after everybody was kept running their mouths, Kathy Truitt, Kathy Truitt, who they said, Truitt Kathy, sorry, that, that they said is a very uh, mild man, uh, started banging on the desk, basically until he got everybody's attention. And he said, with authority, he said this, basically, uh, and basically, the goal is not to get bigger. The goal is to get better. And if we can get better, people will demand us to get bigger. Making sense? And so, in essence, in, in our lives, man, it's not about can we, how can we get better and grow in the Lord, have more quality of who He is, right? Quality of character, quality of integrity, quality and depth in our relationship with the Lord so that God can use us in those other ways. Amen? Amen. If you can, just close your eyes. I'm not going to drag this out. I'm going to simply pray, and uh, we'll pause for maybe 30 seconds, and uh, just believe Jesus, by faith, is going to do what he does. So, Father, I just simply ask today, God, we've heard, God, what I believe is your heart for today. And, Lord, we just pause for a moment just to take an honest evaluation of, of who we are and where we're at and maybe uh, to even recognize the things that have hindered us up to this point. Uh, but all in all, Lord, with all that kind of out there, Lord, we just say to you today, we want an upgrade from heaven. God, but we're just asking at this moment, God, would you please show us, Holy Spirit, would you show us what is hindering us today? And would you come alongside of that? And would you show us what you want to upgrade? In the name of Jesus, we ask that you speak to us as we listen today. Before I pray again, I just want to simply say this. More than likely, I'm not saying this with everybody, but more than likely what you just heard, you already knew. And the reason is, is because the Holy Ghost has been messing with you for a while to try to get you to notice that. So just simply just say yes to the Lord today. Man, if he's inspiring you to dream bigger, set new goals, whatever it is, uh, just say yes to the Lord. Don't let fear and failure keep you back. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I just simply thank you today that you're a God that speaks. And Lord, I'm asking God, if you didn't speak to us in this moment, God, when we leave here today, just over the next few days, would you talk to us? And Lord, I'm asking God, not only would you uh, show us what's hindered us, and not only would you show us what you want to upgrade, but, but Father, I'm asking you in the name of Jesus to give us insight, fresh insight, fresh insight, fresh 
dreams, fresh ideas, fresh, uh, you, you know, strategies, Lord, how to accomplish what you're asking us to accomplish. And Lord, I'm asking with that, God, just as the psalmist wrote, God, would you give us a fresh oil? Would you give us a fresh anointing, God, in our personal lives and on this ministry, God, and on our businesses and on our families and on our marriages? God, would you give us a fresh anointing in our lives to do what you've called us to do? One, one last thought. I know I've said that several times. I apologize. But, but listen, um, there's a family in the room that I think is so great at basically seeking God and hearing one word for uh, basically the family for the next year. And, and they take that word in essence as their banner cry and go, this is what God's called us to do. And they do their best to align themselves with it and their attitude and their actions and their words and their thoughts to accomplish it. They're, and I've been seeing it for years. They're great at it. And so today, if the Lord just gave you one word, man, hang on it by faith. Don't think of that, well, that just came in a moment of excitement or whatever, just emotions being stirred. Man, by faith, hang on to that thing and do your best to say, God, help me to fulfill what you want to do in my life in this season. Amen? Amen. Bless you guys. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.